Welcome to Soul Talk, a podcast founded and created by Monica Ramirez, the warrior of love. Soul Talk was created in 2020 when a pandemic hit and we were in lockdown. She wanted to have exciting conversations with open-minded people so they could understand different aspects of herself and she could help others in the same way. She interviews healers, coaches, therapists, psychics, readers, channelers, mediums, intellectuals, poets, artists, and more. She calls it Soul Talk because it started as a conversation from soul to soul. Hello everyone, this is Monica Ramirez with Warrior of Love, and thank you for being back in Soul Talk. And today we have a special invite. Her name is Donna. I hope I, don't, I say it right because, you know, English is not my first language. Uh, Fair, Fairhurst. Very good. Good. Uh, oops. <laughs> and Donna, we're going to be talking about something very interesting. But before we start in our talk, I would like to, Donna, let us know a little bit more what does she do and how uh, she works with people. And, and tell us what kind of coach it is. Thank you. I am an intuitive life and soul transition coach. I'm a Reiki master, a psychic medium and empath, and an angel and auric chakra intuitive channeler. I'm also a best-selling author of some personal transformation books. I was born nearly blind. I survived polio, three cancer scares, three near-death experiences, a lot of failed relationships, bankruptcy, you name it, I've done it, and I've traveled the world while I was doing it. I say I have a PhD in life, and I'm writing a book about that called Yo-Yo to God, You're Not Alone. I've studied spirituality for 40 years, and in my coaching practice, I combine psychic and healing abilities with scientific aura imaging, and I empower my clients to pivot powerfully through any transition or challenge to create soulful solutions in their life and reach their highest levels of personal awareness with balance and clarity and coherence. I am so grateful to be here with you. You are a beautiful, shining soul, and you inspire me. Oh, thank you so much, Donna. It is very interesting what you do, and what I was reading and your topics that we were mentioning before, there's not enough people that talk about the presence of I am. And that is very, very interesting. That was one of the first things that I learned when I was starting to study metaphysics and the power of the I am presence. And I'm so glad that you chose that thing. <laughs> oh, thank you. It is the very, very first thing that I work on with my clients. And it's something that if people are aware with it, aware of how they work with their dialogue and their language, your voice, your language is the energy that is all. We are all part of infinite unity. We are all the I am. And, you know, in, in ancient Vedic and, and uh, Jewish principles, in the old texts, the name of God, there are 72 names of gods in that text. And essentially, what it tells us, regardless of which name it is, is that we are god Godding. We are the, the godness within having a human experience, and we are connected to all that is through how we express that experience. With our words, when we say, I am, we are bringing in three powerful things. Every time we say, I am, the I in I am stands for I, the God Godding, that, that's intention. You are saying intentionally that is you, this specific energy that is sending a message that begins with I am. So the I stands for attention. When we're speaking about something as an I am, we need to have infinite awareness that what we are going to declare next is going to be exactly the energy of what is brought towards us. So the A stands for awareness and the M stands for manifest. You've now had intention, you've brought your awareness to it, and you are about to manifest either a miracle or a mess, depending on what your words are. So if you say, I'm feeling great today, even though you're not feeling that way, you are bringing the intention of feeling great, the energy of feeling great to you. 
and the positive experiences that you need to bring you from where you might be feeling less than that to where you really want to be expressing yourself. When the flip side is, when you say, I am, and you declare something that is not what you want to be, like, I am sick, I am tired, I am lonely, I am broke, I am abandoned, whatever you declare that, the universe is saying, I like to say, think of this as a cheerleading squad. When you say, I am, all of your angels and your guides and God, and everybody stands up and goes, here she comes, here he comes. They're going to tell us exactly what we can do to help, right? We're going to bring it to them. We're going to bring it on. And then you say, I'm feeling so stuck and tired. And the angels go, oh, dear Lord, here we go again. She's still feeling stuck and tired. I wish she'd get off this shtick or he'd get off this shtick and do something about it. But okay, let's, let's help her with what she wants, what she's feeling and what she's declaring herself to be. So you're going out the door, you can't find your keys because you're, you're sick and tired and you don't want to go out the door. So you've declared that you can't find your keys. The kids are late for school. You forgot to pack the lunches. Everything is falling apart. You get out the door, you've got a flat tire. Now all you can do is go in, phone your boss and say, I'm sorry, I'm feeling sick and tired and I can't come in. You didn't say feeling in the beginning. You said, I am sick and tired. So you then brought to you all of the energy. So I tell all of my clients and anybody that will listen, if you're going to say, I am, declare it as your highest good if it's a positive thing. If you're going to say, I am, and it's not a positive thing, declare it as a feeling. Because feeling is our ability to feel through a physical, mental, emotional experience without creating a spiritual boomerang energetically does that make sense yes it's a, it, that's that works with the law of attraction perfectly mm. of course it's missing some parts that you need to believe that you deserve it and it needs to um you need to actually embody what you want but the words are so important and the people is misled that thinking that our words are not important Yes. Every single letter in every single word that we declare has a specific infinite energy. Our words are not accidents. Our words were not created by accidents. And it doesn't matter what language you speak, what script you write, what religion you may or may not be. It is simply the power of our words embodies, embody is a great word. I love that. Embodies, um, the mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual soul that we carry. Our body is just a vehicle to carry our soul around. And our soul is where we bring energy to us. When I was studying a long time ago, and I was working with people about 35 years ago, something like that, we use a lot the term of I am, but for other reasons not necessarily for using the with the law of attraction mm -hmm. and I, that's the part that no one talks about the i am presence because that is everybody talks about the law of attraction and more after the secret and because everybody wants to find the secret recipe behind that that that's the one you mentioned but the i am presence the protection side the connection the the real behind scenes what it is the i am presence is the one i would like to talk with you when you string the, the words together i am in in a lot of um spiritual in, in spiritual context from the energy that i work with i don't say i am when i'm declaring something i say i am that i am and that in the middle is actually the presence of God, creator, source, energy, whatever that is to you. So when I'm meditating or when I'm working on manifesting something or I'm, I'm working with energy that is chaotic or incoherent um, and I want to remove the chaos and the incoherence, I always declare with from the fullness of my heart, I am that I am. 
And that that is far more important than the I am and the I am on either side. That is what connects us to the universe. That is so true. And the power and protection that comes with it, because we're invoking in a way the presence of the same source. We are. In that moment. Because he is, I am, or she or he or whatever you want to call it. In reality, it doesn't matter. But that presence, that source, it is that. That, you just said that, it is that. And you are that. We are all that. And I like to express it as we are one strand of human DNA in the physical strand of infinite unity. And if you look at a DNA strand for anything, whether it's a, whether it's a leaf or a, a, a dog or a human being, that strand is an infinite loop. And that is the energy that connects us. Animals are way more connected. Plants are way more connected. Uh, any of the seed-growing creatures are way more connected than we are because they don't filter that away with mental conditioning. Take me to think is probably because they don't have the ego of from the protectors that we all have, that we have our ego, that we the ego was created to protect us. That the lion or the dinosaur would not eat us. And uh, that's the beginning of that. But we, part of the society and the programming that we all have, it was to not believe in us, in ourselves. That's the ego part. Yes. And that, that was also a lot of conditioning from man's misconceptions in the early days of humanity as to how we express the beingness of God. I, I always say you're either a human being or a human doing. When you're being, you're, you're knowing your connection to all that is. You are growing your connection to all that is. You flow with the connection of all that is. And ultimately, when you know and you grow and you flow, your light, your energy, what you need to give and express to the world is also what you shine a light for to bring back to you. So you're like, like an energetic lighthouse and you're sending out this beam to keep people safe and away from the rocks. But you're also sending out this beam that brings everything that is necessary for your mental, physical, emotional, and spiritual well-being. And the way in which you connect to that and connect the dots is the degree of success you'll have. I know a lot of people get caught up in, uh, what's my purpose? I don't know what my purpose is. And I say, your purpose is to be. If you be connected, being on task, whatever that is for you, in all of the elements, the dimensions, mental, physical, emotional, spiritual, you will bring to you the experiences, you will bring to you the dialogue, you will bring to you, or you, you will be guided to, all of the experiences that you need to manifest your specific light in the universe. You, you are, you know, you can be and be and be, or you can do and do and do. When you be, you bring light and you, you receive light. When you do and do and do, you usually end up with just a bunch of doo-doo. It's not very comfortable. It's generally challenges and things that you would rather not experience. And yet most of those are still necessary. I also guide my clients, if you're going to eliminate one negative word, one negative action word in your life, that has incredible power to diminish, it's the word but. Think about it. In any language, whatever but is, when somebody said, oh, I love that you do this, but you, it's, it's immediately the energy goes down. You can just feel it drain from you because you know that whatever is coming is going to be either advice you don't want to hear or advice you need to hear but don't want to action. And it, it, it shifts the energy and the power. It's like an ultimate negative rocking thing. So I always advise my clients and friends, 
if you can just eliminate but, and it's really hard to do because it's insidious in our language. We, we use it so much and we use it as a deflector. So if we think of, I, I really hear what you're saying. However, I'd like to know more about XYZ or I really want, like what you're thinking and I want to know more mm-hmm. kind of and yet, however, or simply stop it. Don't say, but, and then just say, I also think, or I also feel. And if you can express from a feeling rather than a thought, have the thought that you have and then express from the feeling that that thought brings you the energy that it has. Does that make sense? Yes, it do. Because we all human beings, we are programmed to feel lesser or use the word but. And that's why we continue doing it until we actually become aware of our thoughts and emotions so like that we don't limit ourselves with the buts. Because yes, it's a dropper of energy, just using that word. Yes, absolutely. Um, I can't. Can't is another one. So I guess one of the first lessons that, that I always, that I learned and, and that I teach is the power of your work. The power of your dialogue has, you know, a huge creative force in all elements of your life. And for you to put your super cape on and be the power of your being, you have to be aware of your language and how that affects what you're putting out and what you're bringing back to you. That is so true. But that takes me also with uh, what you were saying about doing with the coherence. Mm. Uh, I, I've been in many song dances and I've been with Native Americans and something that I learned from them, they told me, never trust a double tongue. And at the beginning, I did not understand what they were saying, but now I do. The difference, basically, it is someone that say they're going to do something and they don't do it. And that coherence part, it is not matching. And energetically, can you explain a little bit what happened with that? Well, when you're, if, if I understood you correctly, when they are saying one thing and doing another, there is a disconnect. There is no space in the field. It's like you plug in the electric cord and you're going to vacuum, right? And you turn the vacuum on and nothing happens. Well, if you plug into the energy of not completing what you in all integrity said you were going to do and you make or and or you make excuses about it rather than just say, I am sorry, I did not complete. I will now make amends and do that. If you can, if you can make amends, you can recover the energy. If you don't make amends and you just let it drop, it's a flop. Everything is going to be down, you know, Debbie Downer energy taking you out and down and you can't recover from that. It leaves a little, a little scar on your soul. A little, yeah. And more because you stop trusting yourself. Yes. Trust is a huge thing. Um, when we, I always say that we're, we're, and I feel very strongly that we're either operating from the modality in the mind map of chaos and incoherence, or we're in calm and coherence. And so to go from zero to clarity and get from chaos and incoherence to calm and coherence, you have to notice it first. You have to notice what you're doing or have it gently pointed out to you. So the first thing that happens is that you are in judgment. Whenever you are in chaos and incoherence about a person, place, or thing, you're in judgment. It's not about self-awareness or soul awareness. It's about judging a person, place, or thing. Whenever you judge, as opposed to finding value in the experience, whatever it is, good, bad, or indifferent, you can't create calm and coherence from a place of judgment. So the first thing to notice is that you're there, that you're in chaos and coherence. The second thing to notice is that you're judging a person, place, thing, or event. 
The third thing to notice is that that's always ego-based. It's always in the, I call it monkey mind or the monkey mind map. You have to make a move. You have to take an action. So the first thing is to notice where you are. When you notice where you are, you can look at the situation and say, what is the value? What is the lesson? And the minute you find value or lesson with the person, place, or situation, you immediately go from chaos to calm. The minute you go to calm, you're in coherence. The flow is there. Now you've got a way to move through the situation without judgment. You can connect heart to heart and deal with it from that perspective. But if you're running around like a monkey mind trying to blame it on somebody or shame it, chaos and incoherence come from four things in my experience. Blame, shame, guilt, or fear. If you are judging something or someone or a situation, you are in a state of blame, shame, guilt, or fear, or all of the above. And that perpetuates the minute you have those emotions, it's a wheel going around. And it's hard to get off because you're justifying and you're finding excuses and you're blaming other people or you're fearful of what's going to happen. So when you go over to the other side, onto the heart map, you are finding valuation for yourself and whatever it is. The minute you move to value, you change the dynamic of the energy, right? Then you're in flow. Then you can create soulful solutions for the person, place, or situation. When you do that, that repeats. Now you're knowing, glowing, growing, and Everything is turning out better, whatever better is for you. I also think that there's a people always say, well, what if I don't like this person, place, or situation? Again, that's a judgment. So we have a get out of jail free card. There's a lot of times that we don't feel the love for a person, place, or situation. We've been wounded. We're feeling wounded or we're feeling shut down or shut out or Whatever the wound is, there's always a wound. And that is always now in the blame game because I've been wounded. So this person is, is not right for me, is evil or whatever. No, no, no. That's when you have grace. Grace is a higher energy than love. Love is all there is. But sometimes we can't feel that. Sometimes we feel we can't act from that. But if we bring in grace, Grace allows us to do in a moment of fear, shame, blame, or guilt what we couldn't do. And it allows us to do it with love. And now you have love and grace holding hands. And you can get through anything. And if you're wise enough to call in your angels and your guides and ask for help from your friends or family, whatever you need, in that manner that's in the highest good of all concern, you're going to achieve a much better, higher energy result than you would by playing the shame, blame, guilt, fear game. I totally agree. And I'm going to go back to the, to the ego. Mm. Because this is a, a big one that many of my clients, they have to ask me, how do I get rid of my ego? And I, what I tell them is, you can't get rid of your ego. No. That's part of you. is like cutting your hand. You're going to need your hand. So it is a very important process. Help us in the process of a section. The ego is very important. Absolutely. You know, your ego, your mind map has got one job, one job only. It's to keep you safe. So anything that your ego judges to not be safe for you is going to spiral you in a directive energy that is counterproductive and not the epitome of love. And yet, if we operate from the heart map, we join, I, I say we create sacred soul self when we join our ego map with our heart map and we operate with those two holding hands like a beautiful heart. And then you can create the solutions for whatever the situation is or you can celebrate from the joy of whatever is. The, this is a GPS. 
the mind is a GPS. Here, you make your heart the decision maker. Your heart is where you decide what to do. Then you send the message to the GPS saying, here, this is what I've decided to do. Now you draw the map of how to get me there because the ego is really good at making maps and making plans and following through if it has a clear direction. The direction has to come from our heart-centered sacred soul self. That is that is true. But at the same time, something that I have encountered with the ego, it is a, one of our best teachers. Why? Because it's going to present in front of us exactly where we have to work with. It's going to show us where we are at. Right? Absolutely. One of the things that I love the most about your energy is it is so peaceful. It does this. It's like a flowing river. It's not chaotic. It's not waves waving around, which can be very exciting and very uplifting and, you know, give you that surge of adrenaline that you need sometimes. Mm -hmm. That beautiful curving flow that you carry and you embody is what we all should aspire to be, to be, be. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate I can it. tell that you've worked many, many, many years and studied very, very hard to embody and to know your energy and your field. And when I see you and see your aura, because I can see auras and chakras, when I see your aura and chakra, you are just like, pink and blue and green and then there's this like dna zing of orange going down the middle of you and i just it makes me just tingle <laughs> thank you this, this is a lot of personal work that uh we have to do and with it is about looking what are the things that we have to change and transform it is the and we have the map all the time in front of us. The ego is one of our best maps. Absolutely. We learn more from our failures and more from our challenges than we ever. That's our textbook for living, right? Every challenge is actually a choice at the soul level that we made, that we embodied, that we allowed into our sphere so that we could learn more about ourselves more about what we are to do as a soul. All of this work is an inside job. It's not about the other people and what they're doing and saying and being. It's about what you are doing and saying and being in your process. Now, how do you work with people, with your clients? Um, I have a program that I call Zero to Clarity. And basically, I start at the very beginning with I am. That is the very first thing that we work on and I am is something that we work on all the way through my program. It's generally a six month or one year program when people work with me. I do individual one-on-one -on -one calls as well. Um, but in my coaching program, it's six months or nine months or one year because you, you know, you can't birth a baby in less than nine months unless there's, you know, problems and you can't birth a new way of being in two weeks, you know, like people think I'm going to take a course for 10 days and my life is going to change. And everything's going to be okay. Well, it might be for the time that you're doing it, but unless you embody and live in stepping stones from the principles and learn the principles. So I go through, a, I have a toolkit for my clients that they have to learn before they learn anything else or use. And then they do that for 90 days. And then after 90 days, we reevaluate and all the way through. I'm putting in life purpose issues. We're discovering, you know, life purpose and soul purpose and how the two go together. We work to move from I am to the embodiment of sacred soul self and to work from grace and practical, also practical tools for daily living. The people that come to me are having real challenges in their life. And they need to be able to pivot powerfully, maintain their center. And so I give them tools to make those pivots and handle whatever the situation is from a place of grace and love. 
Welcome. In choosing to be part of this group, you have said yes to yourself. You've chosen to confront those limitations keeping you from achieving the life of your dreams. Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love, is a transformational belief coach. She's a psychic channeler, certified NLP, life coach, BQH, that is hypnotherapy, Akashic Records reader, public speaker, writer, and artist. She works with many modalities and has created her own, like this one, to help you let go of the limitations and achieve the transformation you desire so you can anchor your emotions that you desire. Monica will be hosting a new session every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Time, leading the group through a guided meditation, then proceeding to work with people individually. So join Monica here in this free journey by joining the Zoom link. Something that I have encountered, it is the most simple explanations or guidance are the ones that are more true. The ones that they tell you, oh, but you have to do it in the middle of the night or at five o'clock in the morning and you have to turn your head upside down and do this and do that. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. So I had one client very recently, a new client, and she said, I meditate for four hours, three times a week and an hour every day, regardless. And I said, why? Is that what are you? What are you getting from that much meditation? If it's serving you and it's raising you and you're, you know, getting over all of your problems with it, that's great. I don't think that's happening because you're here. So we went through that little bit and she said, oh, baby, it's just I don't know how to meditate. And I said, okay, go to the window, look out the window, look at a tree. And say to the tree, I see you, tree. I feel you, tree. I love you, tree. And say it from your heart. She did it. Took like maybe 35 seconds, a minute. And I said, how do you feel? She said, oh, I feel calm. And I said, it's, you know, it's wonderful if you want to be a monk and you want to spend all this time in meditation and prayer. Most people have to work. Most people have families. They're busy. You need to learn that meditation is not a science. It's a soul moment where you take a moment to connect your soul to yourself and to source. And that can be looking at a tree. It can be arranging a vase of flowers. It can be cooking a meal. Everything you do in one way or another is a meditation. And if you're going to meditate, you want to enjoy it. Even the presence of Puerto Rico. Yes. You're present in that moment, not thinking in something else, just focusing in the, putting the makeup, washing a dish, just washing that dish. It can make the big difference because you're present, you're bringing all yourself to focus in one thing. That's mindfulness. That's heartness. That's when you bring your mind fully into your body, and you enjoy the moment that you're in. And that is being on purpose. Purpose is not about your job. Sacred soul self is not about your partner, your job, your children, your friend, your neighbor, your your telephone bill. Purpose is about being with purpose, on purpose, wherever you are, whoever you're with, whatever you're doing. And from that place of purpose is the sacred moment that brings you into total coherence and total love. And that comes from love. It starts with you loving yourself. Mm -hmm. Always. Always. That is the question that I receive a lot of my clients. How do I love myself? Because we were not programmed actually to love ourselves. Exactly the contrary how to hate us ourselves, how to compare us with someone else, how to envy, etc., etc., etc. But not how to love ourselves. How do you teach your students to love themselves? I ask them to bring a baby picture of when, they're a babe, when they were a baby. And I say, look at this picture. And how does this picture of you make you feel? Do you love that baby? Do you see that that baby is, you know, an infinite light, a a moment of God, and that 
that baby is still inside of you. You still love that baby. When did you stop loving the adult that the baby grew into? You are, you embody all of that. I defy, I defy anyone to pick up a baby and say, oh, this is an ugly baby I can't love. They're, they're, you know, it just doesn't happen. So, you know, I'm sure there's some ways in which people may feel that. It doesn't mean that they're disconnected. It means that they need to reconnect to what that is to be a baby and then to embody that. That inner child is always with us. And that baby is always with us. And we shove it way down into a little compartment of our heart. And we don't allow it to grow as we grow. And so we get stuck in patterns. We get stuck in ways of being that aren't the love that we are. And to release that, we have to own all of what we are. I love Louise Hayes' mirror exercises. They are, if you do nothing else, by Heal Yourself by Louise Hay, go get the book, get a bunch of sticky tabs, put your, put your, I have dozens of them all over my office. And when I have a bad feeling, I don't say, oh, that's a bad feeling. I go, hmm, interesting. And I write it on a sticky tab and I stick it on a mirror. And then some days I have a lot of sticky tabs. Some days I have none. They're all different colors. And I go, oh, wow, I was feeling that, you know, and I usually write the the time on it and one one or two words that why I was feeling this. And then when I am able to just look in the mirror and look at me and take these feelings and look in my own eyes into the mirror and say, I felt this. Am I still feeling this? And I look into my eyes in the mirror. And the eyes can't lie any more than the heart can. So when you look at the heart and you look at your eyes and you see the beauty in you with whatever the negative feeling was that you were having earlier in the day or earlier in the week, whatever the timeline is for you, you can reconnect with that inner source and let that go. The degree to which you can let it go and be present in your own body with your own heart, looking into your own eyes, is the degree to which you'll encompass love. The majority of the human beings, they forgot yes. how to do that. And every time they get into a trigger with anything, they judge themselves and they reject the, the person that is causing that trigger instead of actually working with that trigger. That because trigger the moment, is a teacher. Mm -hmm, yes. It is. And in the moment they start observing it, that's how they can flip it. Hmm. And if they bring in the presence of I am, they can observe behind what it is, the lesson yes. from there. Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Triggers and patterns are two of the things that I think, with my experience with mind plans, triggers and patterns are the hardest things to break down and deal with. When we can see the pattern, identify the trigger, then when, then we can create an action plan to work with when I have that trigger or when I see that pattern coming up, I can move to bring it to a higher level of awareness. And from that higher level of awareness, and often that higher level of, it's, it's not a far away place. If that higher level of awareness is inside of you. You just have to stop, take a moment, acknowledge the feeling. What am I feeling? What am I aware of? And how do I go from zero to clarity? That's why I call my program Zero to Clarity, because, you know, anytime you're in one of those negative loops, you are at zero and you're not going to get to clarity until you identify the pattern because you were triggered. So what's the trigger? What's the pattern? And how do I get to love from here? I love it. I really love it. It is so necessary right now in this time because we're making the shift. The energies are changing. And uh, and the conscience of the human beings, I can see the expansion that they're changing. It's not being the same world than God. In 20 years, it is a very different world if we want to focus on that, of course. There are people that refuse to do that, but they're still living in that old world. 
but uh, and this take me to the other point that you were marking here in your in your bio. This is sacred soul, mm-hmm. and I would like to use pen more in that because I obviously we we know what we're talking about, but maybe uh, some of our viewers do not understand what it is. Sacred soul. Sacred soul is with you take the mind, the ego mind, and you hold hands with the heart. So we have a mind map and a heart map. And both of those maps are maps to guide our soul and to guide our physical body. The ego map is to keep our physical body and mind safe. The ego isn't really thinking about what is the soul thinking? What is the heart map here? So I teach the calm principle to bring you to a place where you get your heart and your head to hold hands with each other in whatever you're doing. They're connected. They're making a heart. And from that, you can create solutions. You can, that is sacred soul self. When the ego map joins the heart map, they hold hands together. They're joined together at the heart and you're making all of your decisions from that heart based intuition and knowledge. And once you make a decision about something, because you're connected and you're in this sacred soul self, you can now guide your ego to make creative and inspiring and uplifting solutions to your plan. You're, you, that's how you can pivot from nowhere to now here. That's another thing I believe very strongly. When I had my near-death experiences, mm-hmm. I was told, I was shown, I was in, able to embody Now, you are either now here or you're nowhere. It depends on where you break the word, right? You're nowhere or you're now here. You're nowhere and in chaos and incoherence when you're not in the moment. It's what you said about, you know, cooking or looking in the mirror, putting your makeup on. Those are sacred moments. And it might seem silly when you start to embody this. The more you embody it, The calmer, the more peaceful, the more connected you are with yourself. When you are calmer, peaceful, and more connected with yourself, you are then able to do that with, for other people. And when you can shine from that light, you attract more of that light to you. That's that beacon. You're, you get stronger in every way. Your auric field expands. Your chakras expand, you ground, you connect. So I, I do a lot of aura and chakra work, getting people to understand their energy, to see their energy, to work from that place of sacred soul self, to grow and expand that energy, and also how to protect it. Because there are people out there that are not working on expanding that awareness, and they can cord to us, they can create energetic connections to us that don't serve us and actually suck the life out of us it's like you know putting a vacuum into your field and going oh here take all that i am there i go you know that is so true that is so true I and mean, we're not aware we're gonna get hooked we're gonna connect to that vacuum cleaning yeah yeah so you know one of the other things that i like to teach people is how to cut cords how to cut those in. And you don't want to cut every cord because some cords are serving some cords, you know, to your family, to, to the people that you love. Those are serving cords. It doesn't mean that in every moment, the interactions that you're having with them are serving in your best interest. So it's being discerning about what is a serving cord and what is a non-serving cord and taking care. And it's not rocket science. It's like, You know, you don't have to make meditation rocket science. If you've got the time to spend hours owning on the gloaming, great, wonderful for you. Go for it. If you don't have the time, take a little time to have a real soul connection. You know, and surround yourself in every room with one thing that means something meaningful to you that you can connect to in that room, whatever the person, place or situation. Or if you feel yourself spiraling out of control, out of soul center, you can look at that one thing for one second and bring yourself back to center. Oh, right. That's what I'm about. That is a great tip. 
that's a great tip. I do have my mini altars all around my house. And uh, in each room I have my rocks or my things that they're sacred for me. And uh, and my kids, did, since they were growing up, I said to them, don't play with my quartz. Don't play with my, my crystals. And they respect that and, and they start doing the same thing. But I did not thought about what you just said to have in each room. Mm. Something that is sacred for me or important for me that can bring me back. Yeah, and I really like to put something in every window, on every window ledge. You'll, you you won't find a bare window ledge in my house. There's always something inspiring and beautiful because when you look to the light, wherever the light is coming from, and there's something sacred in that light that is meaningful to you, it automatically expands your awareness in your light. So just the action of looking out the window at the thing and then out the window to see what is outside of you for just one second and connect to something. I mean, I've sat at a bus stop and connected to a bus. Oh, the bus is coming. Let me just look at the bus. Oh, wow, it's moving so purposely. It's coming straight toward me to pick it up. I mean, you can have a meaningful moment. Like you said, cooking, makeup, waiting for the bus. I've had some of my most amazing conversations sitting at, when I was younger, not so much now, at bus stops with people. Yeah. So, you know, life is a bus stop. Every place you stop is a pit stop. Yes, and when you're open to receive the message, you're going to see all the synchronicities pointing to different ways. So any stranger become, become your angel. Yes. That moment. Yes. You know, um, I've told this story a few times, but when I was young and working in in a bank downtown Calgary in Alberta, there was a gentleman that had lost his legs. He was a war veteran. He had no legs and he was on a board that he pushed himself around on. And that man sold um, magazines for a homeless shelter for a shelter. And that was how he made his money, selling magazines and pencils. That man had nothing that we would consider to be serving. And yet that man was the happiest, most connected, most genuine soul I ever met. And, you know, people would gravitate to this energy and whether they bought his pencils and books, it didn't matter. He would, they would leave things with him and he'd end up with all these, you know, little bags of food and everything. And he would give it all away by the end of the day, he would have given away everything that he was given. And when I said to him, why do you give it all away? And he said, I keep what I need, and that's all that I need. And I've never forgotten that. I keep what I need, and that's all that I need. That is so true. Human beings, we, we confuse how much it is enough. I know, I know. And stuff, it's not about our stuff. It's not about what we have. It's not about where we live. It's not about what we do for a living or how much money is in our bank account. It's about how much we're showing up as a force of light and positivity in the world. How much love we can give out in the face of something that may not be coming back to us as love. As long as we stand in our love, that is, that is the glory. That is the meaning. And that is all you'll find on the other side. When, when I died the first time and I went over and I came back, all I found was love. There wasn't a big, big, I don't remember much about that one, except that I was in the light and that I was in this incredible space of love. And I was told over and over again, that's all there is. We are love. You are love. That's all there is. And I woke up in the recovery room of that hospital and I was babbling away to everybody that would listen to me with this idiotic, goofy grin on my face. That's all there is, is love. It's only love. That's all there is. And that stayed with me for months and months and months. And little bits more would drop in. And then I realized that I'd had this out of body experience. The next time I had it, I met my father on the other side. I met other family members on the other side. I spoke with angels and 12 entities that I call the guardians. And 
they gave me specific directions for my life. And they told me that I wasn't done yet and that I was going back. And there were all kinds of experiences around that. The third time, I actually knew where I was, knew what I was doing, and I didn't want to come back. And they said, no, no, this is just a pit stop for you to pick up some more juice and take it back. And so, you know, I kind of feel like I've had so many opportunities to die and three times that I actually did. And another time when they were doing heart tests on me and they actually stopped my heart and I was awake. Like, I mean, it was an actual test where I was in the table in a room. The doctors were behind a shield and they put a pacemaker up into my heart and they stopped it three times and started it again. And in every one of those mini stops between the stop and the restart, there was a space where I was in that field of infinite unity and I could feel myself held and protected there. And I was doing just what you were doing. I was smiling away. And it's really weird when you're, when you're counting down the seconds and your heart is not beating and you know it's not beating and your mind is still thinking. And you're thinking, wow, my mind is still thinking even though my heart is stopped. If my heart is stopped, then how can I feel all of this? And yet you are feeling it. So you are not your heart. You are not your mind. You are that space of infinite unity that is love. Very interesting. That you still feel when your heart is stops. Yes. Wow. So again, your heart in your human body is a vessel for your soul. Your soul is in the heart. Your heart is in the body. The body is on the table. The heart stops. Does the soul stop? No. Does the mind stop? No. Your mind, your soul are one thing with two-dimensional directions. The mind is directed towards earth. The soul is directed towards whatever you call as heaven. And together, they, they work together. And apart, they still work. Only your body dies. The essence of you, what is your mind and your soul, is one thing. We separate them. We as human beings say, oh, the mind is one thing and the soul is another. No. If they are not joined, if you don't intentionally keep your mind in together as sacred soul self, yeah, they can be apart and life is going to be chaos. Or you can bring them together and you can live from sacred center. And that is eternal. And I, I know you do a lot of Akashic record work in that, and I'm sure you've worked with, with your clients to bring them experiences from past lives. I've only had, a, I'd love to do that with you sometime. I've only had a couple of experiences and they were transcendent. I'm sure yours would be amazing. Yes, I, I've been, I just find out that I've been doing it all my life since I was a kid. I just asked for the files. I'm learning how to close them now because I leave <laughs> the Akashic records open. Because I did not know I was doing it. Uh -huh. And I knew I was doing it when I do galactic. But the ones of this planet, I've been doing it since ever. I just asked for the files. You were born with it. Yes. Yeah. And that's, that's another thing that I think a lot of people really don't look at what their spiritual gifts are. Because we all have spiritual gifts that we come in with. We come in with a, a, a human lesson in how to learn how to be. We come in to do, so we learn how to be. And once we learn how to be, then we learn how to join. When we learn how to join, we can become more. Because our soul is just like the infant human body growing. Our soul comes here to have this experience so it can grow. And we have to, also everybody has to remember that we don't have to be afraid or we don't have to hide anymore. No. That time already passed. So we don't have to be afraid of our own gifts, of our own magic. Absolutely. Shine your light. That's what you came here to do. And you came here to shine brightly. Don't dumb down your life. Don't dumb down your light. Yes. It's there for a reason. You chose it. 
You chose to come into this lifetime. You chose to have these experiences. Good, bad, or indifferent, everything we do and say is from a choice that we make. And if you don't like what you're doing, make better choices. Mm -hmm. You have the permission to change in whatever you want. Yes. The only person that can stop you is you. Mm -hmm. And I get a lot of people say, well, what about people that die in horrible accidents or children that die, at, you know, at, at birth? I was dealing with this yesterday with a, a woman who had lost a child in childbirth. And she said, I, I don't understand. I would never choose this. I did not choose this. And I said, yes, you did. You agreed to be a vessel for that soul that is that child that agreed to come in and depart in this way. Your lesson, your life is to grow through the experience and find something meaningful in it for you so that you can move from this place of grief to this place of gratitude. Because from all grief, the only way to get out of grief is with gratitude for the experience. Yeah. And going to gratitude brings you to grace. Bringing you to grace brings you back to love. Bringing you to love brings you back to grace in that infinite loop. You know, um, we have really, really sad things. You know, I've lost two children and had two others. I've lost a grandson tragically um, at birth. It, it, it's painful. It's gutting. You are feeling like you're having your whole soul ripped out of you when you experience something like that. And, and it feels like for a moment that your soul is apart and you say, how can I, how can I justify this? And as soon as you justify, you're in judgment. So it is what it is. And the experience is for a purpose and as tragic as it is and something you would never willingly, knowingly choose. Yet it happens. So it has happened for a reason. And it is up to you to be the explorer and to find the reason. What is the lesson? What is the peace in this tragedy and this grief and this pain that I can hold on to? Where is the light in this? Well, the light in losing our little grandson is at that particular time in our family life, Everybody was living quite far apart and, and quite disconnected. And we were all really wrapped up in our jobs and everything else. And that brought our family, you know, weddings and weddings and funerals bring everybody back, right? Whether you love them or not, you're in the same room with them. When it's a, an experience like that and it's tragic and there's no what you can think of as a meaningful reason. That's the biggest time to go into your heart and the biggest time and the biggest opportunity to find the space for love when you're feeling no love. Right? That is beautiful words. And that is so true. Thank you. Thank you. Do you have something else that you would like to, to add before we close out? Uh, yes. If anybody would like to contact me, it's very simple www.donnafairhurst.com D-O-N-N-A-F-A-I-R <laughs> I didn't spell my own name <laughs> Fairhurst F-A-I-R-H-U-R-S-T and when you go to that it takes you to my website you can pick up my clearing and manifesting prayer and an opportunity if you so desire for a 30 minute uh, clarity session And I will be putting the, her link in our description of this video. So like that, if you want to contact her, also her description is going to be in there. Thank you and so much. It was really my pleasure to have you. Oh, it's a joy. You have such a, such a heart. I love you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. And thank you everybody for listening. And thank you for being so tough. And if this video actually helped you, Uh, give us a review, give us a like, and share it. It might help someone else too. Thank you so much for being in Soul Talk, and I will see you in the next. This is Monica Ramirez, Warrior of Love. Bye.
Thank you. Thank you for joining me today. I would love to share with you my transformational system, Path to the Heart, that I created just for you. Head over to monicaramireswarrioroflove.com and you will find free resources. In there, you can download a masterclass in how to stop being people pleaser and meditations to get you started.